everyone. Welcome to Dear First Gen, a podcast created by Nevada First Gen Network. We are a new initiative dedicated to providing relief for first-generation students affected by COVID-19. Through this podcast, we hope to elevate the voices of our first-gen community by highlighting their victories and bringing awareness to their struggles. We sincerely hope that by listening to our podcast, you may gain a little more knowledge on the life of a first-gen individual and listen to their stories. My name is Aria Monge, and I am the website and data specialist for Nevada First Gen Network. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Loredian Gamboa Sanchez, and I am the Southern Nevada Program Coordinator for the Nevada First Gen Network. Hi, and welcome to our podcast. My name is Becky Linda Revalos, and I am the Program Coordinator for Nevada First Gen Network. And thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. My name is Zyra Diaz, and I am one of the program coordinators for the Nevada First Gen Network. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Osvaldo Jimenez, and I am the project manager of the Nevada First Gen Network. We are a brand new statewide initiative built by Nevada's first gen students. everyone welcome to dear first gen we're so excited for episode five Woohoo! yeah today is a very special episode because it's our first time having a dual guest with us today we have sammy and kendra yay <laughs> thank you so much for being here we're so excited to dive into you guys and kind of learn your background um will you guys do an introduction of yourselves yeah so my name is sammy um my full name is samuel Rosales Ivas. I don't have a middle name, sadly, unfortunately, but it's okay. Um, I like long walks on the beach. I love cheesecake. Oh and I am, yeah. <laughs> I am a counselor at Hug High. Yeah, awesome. Uh, my name is Kendra Reyes. Uh, no middle name either. My first name really long is Kendra Grace. Just a little tidbit. Um, I'm also a counselor at Hug High School right now with Sam. Nice. You know what? I think ha- not having a middle name is very common in like Hispanic mm-hmm. cultures, right? It's funny because Zyra and I actually have the same middle name. We're mm-hmm. both Guadalupe. So. <laughs> yeah, so like over here, the deal with known middle name and then and us, then, the yeah. deal with the <laughs> same middle name. Okay, so awesome. Do you guys want to talk about a little bit where you guys grew up, your kind of your background? Yeah. Let me go first? Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Okay. All right. Well, you got to stop me because I'll talk for days. <laughs> okay, so um, I grew up in Reno. Um, I migrated here from El Salvador, so I'm not, a lot of people think I'm Mexican. I'm not Mexican, <laughs> um, but I'm half Guatemalan from my dad's side. Um, I was raised by a single mom. It was me, my older brother, and then my grandma as well. And then I lived all through, I lived in Reno, Sparks. I went to multiple elementary schools. There was a short time frame where I actually left Reno and I went to California for a year. Worst year oh, of my life. I hated oh, it. Oh, dang. You didn't like it? Oh, no, I didn't like it. I didn't know no. that. How yeah. old were you? I was in fifth grade. So halfway through my fifth grade year, um, my mom decided to leave, go to California. We went to Santa, Santa Ana, California. Dang. So we finished my fifth, fifth grade year there. And then I just, I didn't like it. Me and my older brother didn't like it. We lived far away. It was just, it was a struggle to get Everyone to Everyone you knew was Everywhere. here. Yeah, we lived in the garage. <gasps> oh, dang. Yeah. So it was me, my brother, my mom, and her boyfriend. Wow. And we lived in like a garage of a house. And it was hot. Like California gets hot. Yeah. So it was horrible. I did not like it at all. And yes. somehow we managed to convince my mom we came back. And then that's when I went to like a loader. And I conv- uh, that's when I was recruited for DFS. Mm-hmm. Recruited DFS. Then I went to Bald Middle School. Went to Wooster High, class of 2013. Yeah. You know, class of the bosses. <laughs> that was our little thing back in the day. And then I ended up coming to UNR for my master's. And I stayed here for my master's. And now I am at Hug. Cool. Yeah. So you've become you've been very central then in this area. It was, of- yeah. I definitely relate to a lot of our students that we serve now. You know, being you know low income, first generation myself, I definitely relate, and I love where I work right now. I definitely love the students, love the the staff. I was able to bring Kendra with me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> recruited you know, me. Recruited Kendra. Little short story about Kendra. Um, I met Kendra in grad school. Ooh. So long, like what six years ago, give or take. Yeah. About six years ago. Yeah. A yeah. long time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know she was DFS. I just heard her name. Oh, her really? Yeah. Like so you of each other. Yeah. Oh, so you just met, like, not even knowing that you guys had yeah. shared, like, a whole mm-hmm. program. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And then if you look back, there's a picture of us in high school, and we're, like, standing right next to each other. Yes. <laughs> like, I just sat camp. next to the stranger not knowing who they were. Hi. Yeah. The camp at DFS that we used to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
And we're oh, like, whoa. I didn't know you at all. And we're standing right next to each other in the pictures. <laughs> it's crazy. How crazy. funny. Yeah. And like years later, we get to work together. Yeah. Yes. Literally yeah. work together. Came back full circle. Yeah. It was. It was my yeah, ultimate yeah. goal. And I kept pushing Kenya. I'm like, Kenya, come work with me. Come work with me. Come on. Come on. And then finally, I convinced her. And she did it. Yeah. Did it, yeah. <laughs> From my hospital bed. I did my interview. Yeah. Oh, my. No. Applied. <laughs> oh, wow. That's that, yeah. How did that even like come about? Like you were just. In- I got really. I got sepsis oh, like okay. a year ago oh. this in March. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was pretty insane. I almost died. But I'm here. But I'm here. You're survived. <laughs> you survived a hug. Driving. <laughs> Did my interview from there. It was great. So oh, it wow. all worked out. Was yeah. it in, over the phone on like on Zoom? On like Zoom. Dang. And they're like, you're in a hospital. Yeah, bed. my IV kept going on. So I was like, <laughs> just hold on a second. And my that's like, nerve, a, yeah. Oh my god, that's, that's, a, a, that's a cute story. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. One hell of an interview right yeah. there. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember pushing her. I was like, Kendra, I know you're dying, but I need you to apply. I need <laughs> you to die, well, but... You had to apply for me. Yeah, I had to go Because I her. was a little unconscious at that time. <laughs> wow. When, it, when the yeah. job opened up. He, so he applied. He um, applied for the one-year grant. So my job's up in the air, technically. <gasps> oh, goodness. When there Sammy. was a whole other position. Anyways, no. <laughs> That's another story That's another, for another day. <laughs> She's good now. She's yeah. good now. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so Kendra, can you give us about your yeah. background? Yeah. I think kind of similar. Um, I grew up here in Reno, born and raised um, from a single mom who came to America when she was 12. Um, she raised myself and my sister by herself. Um, also first, obviously first gen. So mm-hmm. I consider myself first generation American and a first generation college graduate. And now that I've graduated, I feel like I'm a first generation professional. Um, I think we always talk about first gen like it's only applied to school, but yes. no way. Like that, you never stop being first gen, um, and I think that's mm-hmm. something we should all know before we come out into the world. Because you think I'll get into that later, anyways. <laughs> um, but I graduated from Worcester in 2010. I moved around a bit in elementary school as well, and then finally just settled at Vaughn. Went to Worcester, um, and because of DFS, I was actually recruited in seventh grade. Um, to Dean's Future Scholars, my s- oldest sister was in DFS. Carolina, OG, um, <laughs> was her mentor. And my sister was like, hey, I have a little sister in middle school. So they picked me up, just pure luck. And it changed my entire life. Um, got to UNR, got my bachelor's in psychology, stayed, um, and got my master's in school counseling. It took me a very long time. I dropped out in the middle of my bachelor's degree for like two years, year and a half. Um, and then I also took a gap year after bachelor's and never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined that I would end up with a master's degree. Like this still blows my mind. Um, but I got it. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put respect on her name. Heck yeah. yeah I'm going to add that title at the end. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I love that you talked about being a first gen professional because yeah. you're right. I did. I don't know why that's as that association isn't the first thing that comes to mind. Not I just think all. of student, right? Yeah. Like you're yeah. first in education, but being in the professional yeah. world, that's a whole nother no, like topic. Yeah. It's insane. Cause they don't teach you that even they in don't. school, we didn't even know how to apply for our jobs. Mm-hmm. Like we knew yes. how to be like many therapists, but we didn't mm-hmm. know how to go literally apply, get background checks. Um, and we're like learning. We learn from, we work with Andrea D. Michelli. She teaches us a lot about mm-hmm. like retirement plans because we don't know anything about that, you know? <laughs> like, what's a 401k? Growing up, it's like, <laughs> oh, hide your money under the mattress and save it for a rainy day. Yeah. We don't know about like setting yourself up for the future. You don't know how to do any of this stuff. And so, not to use it as like, we're not lower than anyone in any way, of course, but I think. It's good to recognize because it it came with a shock. I don't know if you guys felt that way. Like I had been a student my whole life and then I graduate and I was like, who am I? Like, what the heck? Like first gen student has been my identity since I was in middle school. And now I'm like, well, I have zero idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to. I have peers who are like, oh, I want to buy a home. And I'm like, what the? Like, wow. (laughs) That's a possibility. Like, Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, I still learning how to like get out of all the debt I was in in college and it feels like you're a bit a couple steps behind your peers but it's still beautiful and I just think it's worth being spoken about because it's a bit shocking to leave to actually like accomplish all your goals and then be like what now like even with a whole professional career that we have it still feels like what now what do I do with my hands like what am I (laughs) doing here so very true yeah. yeah I mean impossible syndrome it's real like, yes. we all talk about it. We all learn it in school. 
And then when you're actually in the field, it just hits you differently for sure. I know I definitely felt imposter syndrome, but I still feel it now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have students and teachers who come and ask me about things and they look at me like I'm a whole professional, which I am, of course, <laughs> but yes. like professional with so many years and I'm still kind of learning as I go. Yeah. No, but I definitely, you know, the fourth year in, as a school counselor, I'm definitely getting the hang of things. So I feel like the veteran. Like, as Kendra came, Kendra came from middle school. So mm -hmm. she's brand new to high school. So I'm, she's always asking me questions. I'm always trying to help yeah, her and help out. Like a Exactly. And now mm -hmm. I, like the other day, someone told me, one of my seniors who I've known since she, he was a freshman, he's like, you're a veteran counselor. And I'm like, Dang, I didn't even think about it like that. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I feel what? like, too, like our first year was the pandemic. Yes. So I feel like I've been a vet since my that, first yeah. year. Like, yes, imposter syndrome. Yes, feeling like, do these people seriously trust me with all of these kids right now? Like, what am I doing? But mm -hmm. at the same time, like, all we know, I feel like, is chaos as counselors. <laughs> like, that's oh, gosh. All we know. You know, my first three years, like you mentioned, was in the middle school and it was on fire at all times. And I somehow became like the lead at that school. Like Whoa. I felt like I was like running a lot of things and I was like, what is happening right now? Like we're literally just running around like at pandemic life. And it's, so I feel like, like I'm talking, talking to people who are like at the end of their career, who've been doing this for like 30 plus years. They're like, I, I haven't seen years like this ever, Since, you oh. know? And they've been doing this for a long time and they're like, I'm out, I'm ready for retirement. Like this is insane. And they're looking at us like, I promise it gets better. I'm like, I do not believe you. You're like, does it though? Because all of you guys lying. are retiring yeah. and leaving. So yeah. there's something. And this is all we've known. Like, this is yeah. our COVID. Like, this is the COVID generation. Mm -hmm. These are the freshmen who went home. They didn't come back. They went home for spring break and they never come back. They didn't come back till sophomore year. And then we went on this crazy And even hybrid. then, yeah, they weren't even fully back. No. Yeah. And so these are the seniors who are graduating. We're seeing the aftermath of COVID. And mm -hmm. like Kendra said, it's all chaos, but we're here. We're yeah. high, we're working it with it, and it's all we've known. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's know unprecedented, unprecedented, <laughs> but um, that is absolutely all we know. And it's cool talking to the kids because they're very honest. They're like, I learned that I could stay home, and now I just want to be home. I don't mm -hmm. want to be oh. here. Like, and I'm like, yeah. well, I cannot blame you. I don't want to be here yeah. either. Sometimes <laughs> <You> <laughs> I want to work from home too, but no. So yeah, but I, like you said, that's all we know. So it's yeah. we're we know how to I think we're learning how to navigate it. Definitely. Yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. Cause you're right. We've been thinking we've been thinking of COVID. Like, okay, it happened. Let's move past it. Let's keep going on. Let's move forward. But it's yeah. still affecting. No. You're seeing those effects now, oh, yeah. which is insane to yeah. think about. That like it's it's never really truly gone. No. Because there's gonna be more students the next year that's gonna mm -hmm. have those same difficulties. Oh yeah. So and they lost like the developmental growth. So mm -hmm. you'll see they're so much more immature than you would expect a student their age to be. And it's because they lost out on that peer interaction. I get mm -hmm. it. We had to do it. It's not, yeah. I'm not faulting anyone. Like we had yeah. to survive a pandemic who knew how to do that. Um, but it's going to be a long time. I think we'll see it into the, when these kids enter the workforce. What mm -hmm. What is that going to look like? Yeah, because exactly. They're so different. Yeah. Like It's like the highest levels of like depression and anxiety that there's been in a long time. And it's just... It's across the board. Like this is, it sounds really bad, but it's also very like a psychologist's dream, right? Like to really unfortunately, study this really see. like horrific human events lead to a lot of different like research and discoveries. And I think a lot is going to come from this as well. And hopefully we can use it to like turn it around into something into good. Yeah, yeah, because if yeah. you think about it, like there are those, there's so much negativity that came with COVID, but there's also, it opened up a lot of doors, like uh, other job opportunities that cannot yeah. be done from home. Yeah. Like yeah. so many other like things that we thought was impossible to talk to somebody in a whole nother country. Oh, yeah. Like you can now do that on Zoom, yeah. like just start no a camera. Deal, like just, it's, yeah. right? You could like, there, it opened a lot of other yeah. doors, which is insane to think about though. Like, wow, we can now go in a whole different direction that mm -hmm. initially wasn't there. Yeah, I think it showed mm -hmm. Like, the workforce that we are the most important yeah. part of everything. Yeah. Like, we run oh, yeah. this. And I think it showed <laughs> us, like, <laughs> I have more power than we mm. thought we did. Because we're like, we you couldn't function without us, right? Mm. Yeah, you CEOs were, like, still running everything. But, like, we're the ones that actually run everything. Just, like, in schools, yeah. you know? So We're, we're bur uh, putting out fires constantly. There's always something going on. You know, when I was doing my internship, my counselor, my um, supervisor would tell me, you could write five things on a mm -hmm. sticky note. And, you know, maybe you get down to two. And oh. I was like, okay, you know, I kind of believe it because I, I worked in the school district before, yeah. um, elementary, so I kind of believed it. But now that I'm in the field, 
It's 100% true. Oh, you've yeah. seen it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. One saying that stuck with me from my supervisor was, your to-do list is actually your wish list. Oh. Good luck getting it done. Mm-hmm. And it's because you never know what's going to walk in the door. The kids decide what your day is going to look like without them even knowing that, that yeah. they're doing that. And but, it's beautiful, too, though, because they are yeah. our job. And I work for them, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, they are the people I work for. And so they... They make it fun. They no minute, no hour is ever the same. Oh yeah, you that's, gotta do it for the kids. Yeah, you know, that's the motto. Sammy saying, for the kids, send it on his license plate. It is. It is. <laughs> do it for the kids. Wow, I feel like those in- these internships were like fear based or something. Like they told you all the things of like, hey, this is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. This might not happen. Good luck being successful. I know. <laughs> poor Zyra is probably like watching us too. <laughs> I know poor we're Zyra like, here about to start <laughs> going into we're always talking tears. About, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we look at the young professionals. We're like, but still join us, please. Like yeah. we need we you. Need Don't. you so bad, please. Yeah. <laughs> Oh so gosh. I, you know, when you guys, were, oh sorry, uh, talking a little bit earlier about how you know, um, Sammy, you like pulled Kendra, you're like work, work a hug. I feel like being, you know, just the first gen culture in general, like you definitely rely on your peers. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. can you touch on a little yeah. bit how you got through your college experience? How like being a professional, how much you rely on your peers, and like, what, how does that look like for you oh, guys? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so college was actually not going to happen for me. So I actually applied to University of Nevada Reno. Back when, uh, I think my mentor, my DFS mentor, Angela South, she told me to apply. And my my, my like, memory's a little blurry in how I actually did it. Mm-hmm. But I remember I applied and I got a rejection letter. Oh. I was rejected from the university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Dang. it's because I didn't have the GPA requirement. I didn't have the requirements to get in. But I graduated with my advanced diploma. And the university, those who don't know, if you graduate with an advanced diploma from high school, you get automatic admission to the oh. university if you apply. Whoa. So I just had to appeal it. Yeah. But here's the thing. A lot of people don't know about this, and I don't mind sharing it, is I'm a DACA recipient, you know? Yes. DACA stands for Deferred Action and Childhood Arrival. So this was something that happened back in 2012. I remember when it happened because I was doing a government class over the summer with DFS, and we actually started talking about it. And I applied in 2012, but I didn't actually receive my work permit until the fall of 2013. So I went a whole year just, like, standby, mm-hmm. not knowing what's going to happen in hiatus. And so Bob Edgington, the former director Bob of Edgington. DFS, yeah. Yeah. I love Bob, Forever. I love Bob, yes. He actually told me, he pulled me aside one day and was like, hey, like, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, oh, I'm just helping now because I was doing a volunteer mentor for DFS because mm-hmm. um, I wasn't able to take the summer class they were offering. So I was doing volunteer mentor, which I loved the program. To this day, I still work with them. And he told me, hey, let's go to Admission Records. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to do in there? He's like, we're going to get you in school. So he dragged me and I was like, okay. And it was like lunchtime. I was like, all right, let's go. So he took me over there. Funny thing, Carolina was actually working with the mission oh. records at the time. So she knew DFS. She knew Bob. You know, when Bob walks in, you're just like, what can I do for you, Bob? Let's <laughs> I know, how can I work? <laughs> yeah. And so he sat me down with her. She told me what to do. I appealed. We got it in. I think like a week later, I had my like little admission letter saying, congratulations. Welcome to university. So that was step one. Step two is, how am I going to pay for school? Oh. Oh, my God. So I was like... I'm freaking out. I don't, I was undocumented at the time. I didn't have a work permit. I didn't have anything. So I just started thinking, like, what can I do? What can I do? And luckily, I think a week before the semester started, I actually got a work permit. My work permit came in, and I was like, oh, my God, thank God. But now how am I going to pay for school? Yeah. So I walked down to Admission Records, and I begged them. I'm like, hey, can I do a payment plan? And normally they do a three-month payment plan. But I convinced them to do a four-month payment plan for Whoa. me. So they divided <laughs> it for four months. And I was like, okay, well, that buys me time. What can yeah. I do? And I reached out to my one of my best friends, Dory. I met with her at, in high school, and she's DFS also. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know she was DFS until later on when she told me. <laughs> I like, like when you're wow, meeting all your DFS friends and they have these. Oh, everyone has a connection to DFS yeah. somehow. Yeah. And so I told her, I'm like, hey, like, can I borrow money? And gladly, without hesitation, she lent me $1,000. Dang. Wow. A whole year went by before I could pay her back. Not once did she hesitate, nothing. Yeah. So that was part of it. And then Bob... Then God, Bob, he walked me down to the wood store, like, the first week of school of the semester, and he bought me my first set of books. Those books were, like... He did that? He did that. Wow. And he we bought them. He didn't like rent them. a Bob them. book story. You really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, you're going to school, oh, and yeah. I'm going to help you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those, wow. I remember the cost. I think it was around, like, $450. $400, and he just paid yeah, that? he just paid that. And I told him, like, Bob, thank you so much. And I was very hesitant. I was like, Bob, it's okay. Like, I got yeah. money. I'll rent it. When I, I'll figure it out. And he's like, no, we're going. 
And so you buy my books, and then I told him, I'm like, let me pay you back. I will pay you back. Don't yeah. worry about it. And the only thing he told me is like, I don't want you to pay me back. I want you to pay it forward. And so that's kind of been my mentality ever since. Pay it forward, pay it forward. Always help out the next generation, next students. Because that's what first generation is. We're the ones going through it. We're the ones mm-hmm. struggling. So the next generation doesn't have to struggle. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I got hired for, I did Boy Scouts for a little bit. Then after Boy Scouts, I went to team up after school program with the school district. That's where I can got like my known with working with students. That's where I found my passion. I also started working with DFS as a mentor officially. And I started working with my own caseload, working with middle school students, grew up with them until they were like freshmen. And then next you know, I'm about to graduate high school. So what's next? And I got my bachelor's in human development, family studies, but I didn't know what I wanted to do with that. I, re- I wanted to be a cop originally. Oh. Believe it or not. Yeah. I wanted <laughs> Turn to up like, events. Right? <laughs> a whole exactly. different Sammy we would have had right here. <laughs> yeah, right? That's true. But with my DACA, that wasn't going to happen. So reality, reality had to kick in. So eventually, I started asking around. I love working with students, but I didn't want to be a teacher. I couldn't be a teacher. Oh, so that was for sure off the table, off the not table. a teacher. I, I love teachers. I know your mom's a I teacher. Know, I love her, Miss Pedraza. <laughs> shout out, Miss Pedraza. I love her. We love Miss um, Pedraza. Yeah. But I just, I don't have the organization and the, the ideas to do a lesson plan. But I love working with students more one-on-one. And that's where I got more involved with. I started asking around, and everyone's like, well, school counselor, you know? My graduate assistant at the time, she was doing school counseling. Colored people I knew were doing school counseling. And I said, you know what? That sounds good. I'm already in the field. Might as well start getting paid for it. It has good benefits. It's something that is doable. So I applied for the school counseling position, well, the program. Mm-hmm. And so I got accepted. Now is how am I going to pay for grad school? Because grad school Dang, is expensive. so this is like one hurdle after the other, like one, figuring it out as it goes. As it goes, <gasps> exactly. Dang. That was the time it's like watching your peers. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, Where? like, okay, yeah. how do we do this? Sounds good. yourself this week. Like, how do we do this? Exactly. <laughs> Those being left and day, right. We take it day by day, and yeah. we figure it out little by little. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, Libia Martinez, she's mm. actually another counselor to work with us. Also DFS. Yeah! Another person I pulled. DFS, DFS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was another person I pulled. And my, the way I convinced her is, hey, Kendra's coming. You should come too. Ooh, yeah. see? So I definitely <laughs> oh, used yeah. Kendra. I, I dropped her name and I was like, come on. Because she grew up with Kendra. <laughs> oh, so yeah. they're like friends, mm. childhood friends and stuff. Yeah. So that's how I pulled her. And so at the time she was doing grad school. And so she decided to step down from the graduate assistant position with DFS. And I talked to Mary Luz. They had a little meeting and they offered me the graduate assistant position. And that came in clutch. That pays about 10% of your tuition for mm-hmm. grad school. And those who don't know, grad school is more expensive than undergrad. Like three classes, three, four classes (laughs) is like a normal tuition amount for undergrad. And that's just like three or four classes. And I imagine a full load, which is like fun. And the thing with grad school, it's a little different. You only do like three or four at a time, so it's different. Mm -hmm. Um, But I got that graduate assistant position. And there was a time where I was working three jobs. I was working as a mentor. I was working at the movie theaters. And I still worked there on the weekends. You know, I got to... Shout out, movies, to you know? Shout out to the movie theater. Shout out to the movie theater. come visit me. <laughs> Shoot me a message. <laughs> and then I was working as a graduate assistant. And then kind of going back to Kendra, that's where a, a new position opened up, a new graduate assistant position opened up. And it was our first semester. And I remember like meeting Kendra. I didn't really know her at the time. I just knew that we were classmates. She was DFS. And so I asked him, like, hey, like, what do you do for work? And she's like, oh, I work at... Uh, Teacher's assistant. Teacher's assistant, yeah. Libby Booth. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, like, would you be interested in being a graduate assistant? You know, the it's a little different. I don't know how your work schedule is, but I think this would be a good opportunity. It's DFS, and it helps tuition. I think yeah. I hooked her with the tuition part. You got to get them in. Yeah. I the money. money, and I was like, I'm there. Dollar signs, dollar signs. Dollar signs, dollar signs. And that's... All I see is dollar signs. I'm going to get copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope not. I not to, like, cut you off, but, like, that's that was that peer first-gen support. Like, yeah. I would not be here if it wasn't for a pe- running into a peer that we didn't know we grew up together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. him being like, well, hey, randomly, here's this job. Martin is leaving, who is a math teacher at Hug oh, High School, yes. who's also DFS now. Oh. Um, but like, we, you have to like rely on your peers. I feel like yes. that's our, that's our system. And like you mentioned, Libier Martinez. So I always brag about my friend group. Right, all of us have known each other since we were like elementary or middle school. It's Celine Rangel, Libier Martinez, Monica Almost, like. Yeah. 
all of us and, through DFS so or like more, just since we school? met through like middle school oh, and, and stuff then, like that. Oh. And then we were like, oh, we're all DFS. Like, oh, and then we yeah. only got closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And like, like I saw one of your guys's questions yeah. was like, what, at what moment did you realize that college was for you? Mm-hmm. And it was actually when I dropped out. Oh, um, and ev- all of those girls that I just mentioned graduated and I came mm. to watch them graduate and I saw them cross the stage and I was like, Mm-mm. Why am I on the lawn right now watching them? Yeah. Like, like I want to be up, up there together. Too. There's zero reason for me to be right there. Like I wouldn't. I will forever credit. Like aside from DFS and my family, but I will forever credit my friends. I always say they're gonna make a lifetime movie out of us. So <laughs> <laughs> look so, out for the yeah. lifetime movie in a couple years. Um, but without that network, I think even Dr. James Beatty, who was my first Dr. college yeah. mentor, shout out, shout Dr. out Dr. Beatty. Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, his dissertation, don't yell at me, Dr. Beatty, because I don't know every detail, but (laughs) his dissertation was something about, like, how typically, before these programs, right, first-gen kids were not making it through college. We're low, low, low percentage of graduates, Um, and he was doing his research kind of as he worked with DFS, and he, he found, like, that we are succeeding because we found our network. Mm -hmm. We found the area where we didn't have to, like, code switch, right? We got to, yes, we were out here in college, you have to be a little bit more put together, but then we would go to the lounge and we still got to be ourselves. We still got to be the kids that were just little brown kids trying to figure out what to do in life. And so it's a huge, huge key of success is to find your group, find your people that are like you, that look like you, that know where you're from. Um, And you have no idea how far you can all get, like as long as you're together and communicating, realizing that you're not alone. You're not the only one struggling. You're not the only one that feels like completely invisible on this campus. And it's really important to find your networks. I hope all these first gen kids (laughs) are finding each other like for real, because it'll change your entire life. Your peers is a huge impact on you. What they do, like Kendra said, she saw her friends graduating. She was like, I need to get my life together. Let's Mm -hmm. go back to school and see what I could do. And that's the same thing. Like I wasn't lucky enough to be like Kendra where she had her peers and stuff. I did have my peers through DFS, but my close group, none of them went to college. Mm-hmm. That's my close group. None of them went to college. I've made closer bonds and friends in school through DFS, and that's the ones I hang out with. But I still have my individual group. And even then, they were supporting me still at the time. I It's funny because um, a couple of days ago, I saw a Facebook post I did, a co- like back in 2020, of mm-hmm. talking about how years ago when I was in college, I would see my friends go partying. I know, have Traveling, fun while you have to have study. Fun. <laughs> exactly. You have to go to class. And I'm over here going chilling. to class. Like, I lived on campus. My I would mm-hmm. work, campus, work, sleep, go back to campus, work. That was literally my life for the last six years, basically, mm-hmm. before I became a counselor. And I remember seeing that post, and, I, and in the post, I was very, I was sad at the time because I wasn't benefiting. I wasn't doing all the fun stuff. I wasn't living my life, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And I was young. Um, still that, I am so young, just by the way, 27. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just looking. Just saying. But not yet 30 yet. Not yet. Sorry. Not 20 yet. Not yet. <laughs> 30 is great and still young. Yeah. 30 like and thriving. 30, yes. 30 and thriving. Yeah. 30. And then fast forward three years after I made that post, I'm a counselor and I'm traveling. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying life. I'm doing things I wasn't doing back then. But now I could reap the benefits of it because I worked so hard to get where I am now. And then COVID hit. You know, and that derailed so us a little. Yeah. <laughs> COVID hit and everything got shut down. But it's funny because... Like you, like Kendra said, it's your peers. Your peers are the ones who support you. And I would not be where I am without the support of my peers, mm-hmm. without the support of DFS. DFS is huge. I know we keep mentioning it, um, but it is a huge program. Mm-hmm. I constantly give credit to where I am, to DFS, to Mary Luce, the executive director, to Manny, the Beast Ortiz, <laughs> you know, the assistant <laughs> director. Manny was my mentor. Oh, a really? Long time Same. Ago. He oh was my, my god! Yeah. He was my mentor during the summer for government class, and I actually went to his wedding. Oh. And then I was lucky enough to go to his uh, gender reveal, and then his baby's the baby's first birthday. First birthday. Shout out to little Jubilee. Yeah, Jubilee. little Jubilee, little Jubilee. <laughs> you know, um, but even then, I still talk to him now. I'll text him, call him whenever I'm questions. I still work with him over the summer for DFS. Like that's someone I met when I was in high school. And high school was like ten years ago. So those connections are huge. So biggest piece of advice I could give to whoever's listening to this podcast is don't burn your bridges, keep helping out, and then help out the next person because mm-hmm. it doesn't end with just you. 
it keeps going. The next generation. Like Zyra, I was Zyra's uh, GA a long time mm-hmm. ago. Mm. Now she's doing her internship at Hug. So I get yeah. to see her grow and I'm so <laughs> proud of her. And Aww. shout out to Zyra because she's about <laughs> yeah. to graduate as a school yeah. counselor. Yes, yeah, shout out. <laughs> so I've seen her grow and it makes me happy. And then my mentees who I mentored are now in college. They're, I believe, oh my God, they're either sophomores or juniors now. And it's yeah. crazy. And they're going places. And I still stay in touch with them as much as I can. So it's those those connections, those relationships, keep building them because mm-hmm. you never know. It really is who you know. Yeah. That's how I got to my job at Hug is mm-hmm. who you know. Mary Luce texted me and was like, hey, there's a position at Hug. You should apply. I'm going to put in a good word for you. Whoa. I, know, I know the lead counselor. I'll put in a good word. And then Andy Haycock, who is a school psychologist for the district, he was one of my professors during grad school. <laughs> he messaged me on Facebook and was said, hey, I heard you're applying a hug. I'm going to put in a good word for you, too. Dang, so you're getting, like, so many recommendations yeah. then. It, it was, and it, like, I don't wish to take it for granted. I'm very grateful for what I have and grateful for the people I've worked with, but it's those relationships that you build, you know. And you pay them back by literally paying it forward, and mm-hmm. in ways that you wouldn't even realize. Like, I know... The theme for this podcast, right, Latinos in education, and something that has, like, like struck me a lot working in high school is I'll have, like, my little brown kids, and, you know, to all the kids, all of us that we're Title One and that we're struggling out there, like, I don't think we, at least, I don't know, we struggle to be like, well, what can we do? Like, we just see our families working, so we're like, we're just going to work. But now I hear kids that'll be like, I want to be a, like a counselor. Like the little brown girls want to be counselors. I'm like, I never would have imagined that yeah. ever, ever, ever growing up. Like I didn't, you don't see yourself anywhere. So you literally do not see yourself there in the mm-hmm. future. And so it's crazy that we're paying it forward in the sense that, okay, let's change these kids' lives the way that our mentors changed our lives or the people that believed in us, the teachers that believed in us, um, us believing in these kids. They're growing up to be like this generation is so different. Like I have so much faith in this generation. <laughs> like they're gonna change I the world. Gen Z, shout out to Gen Z. I believe they're in you guys cancer. so much. You guys are, it's gonna be this generation. So yeah, but it's cool. They they dream big, and and sometimes you're like, you know what? Like that's so beautiful because I never in my life would have imagined having a higher education or anything like that. And without even realizing it like we we do we are impacting the younger generations like they are seeing us and like all right i can go do that it's not as much of a barrier as Mm -hmm. i thought you should see all the students so like i said kendra (laughs) came from middle school yeah so she came from deader skies middle school and that's one of the direct feeders for hug high oh so you're are you seeing some of the same kids oh yeah all the kids are like miss reyes why can't you be my counselor miss reyes i love those and i love that i love that the kids have Kendra there to support her, all support us, them. Yeah. And Kendra has a big heart. Like, all the kids love her to this day. Even the ones, the tool makers, everyone loves Kendra. All the freshmen, they know Ms. Reyes. Mm. They love Rosales, too. They love us. <laughs> I, I'm just all that guy. You. Shout out to all the counselors. I'm, I'm the guy counselor. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, just, like, shout out to the counselors. I know um, School Counselor Appreciation Week just mm-hmm. passed. Yes. And, you know, we wanted to touch on how can you bring awareness to, you know, your um, to your job? Like, what would you like for others to know um, about your job? And what are ways that, like, the, you know, as a, I know this is probably a big question, but, like, as a community, as, like, you know, in a smaller setting, how can we support school counselors? Because I know school school counselors do so much, and yes. they, they, they wear many hats. Yeah. So. You want to let me go off right now? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm ready. You're going to be a coach. <laughs> I am. I'm very passionate about this stuff. Like, we we've, we don't get any respect in education. Um, we Even when you, you know, and I'm pr- I'm a school counselor. I don't want to claim to be a therapist because when you tell people you're a counselor, it's like, oof, trauma dump. Oh. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'm like, I'm a school counselor. Hold on. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't diminish what we do. Like, Zyra, you mm. know, you're going through the program. Mm. You're literally being trained on how to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Aside from you can't we can't diagnose, obviously. Um, and we don't study the DSM. You guys don't do yeah, that not now. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are like we have therapeutic skills and we're doing a therapeutic job. Um, educators deserve so much respect. And I obviously like the big hot ticket right now is like effing pay us more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. we're yes. struggling out yeah. here, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. I think if you really want to advocate for us, it's like come come shout with us. Like we I went yesterday to a lobbying training because I'm like, all right, like I can't be this kid that's always complaining about everything and not go figure out how I can actually change something. 
And then I was shocked because apparently I never knew what lobbying was. Do you guys know what <laughs> lobbying is? Because I did not know. It's, no, what is it? She it's taught a me what meeting. lobbying is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an actual like in-person meeting with a legislator in their office. I always thought it was wow. like you're on the legislator floor and you're just shouting at these people. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm down. Let me go yell at these yeah, people. I'm ready to give my <laughs> opinion. Me more, you know. And but I was like, oh crap! Like it's either you could do like one-on-one meetings or in groups. And how you were like, how can they do that? Because no, that's too many people to go meet with a legislator yeah. one-on-one. Well, nobody's. We're not doing it. We don't know how to, especially us yeah. first gen. Like we don't know any of this stuff. We're just like mm-hmm. get through college. Like go this magical story, you know and. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I could really go off forever. I've changed my views a lot with, like, I don't think it's just before if you would ask me why why do you want to be a counselor, I would have been very, like, oh, representation. Mm-hmm. I want these kids to see me. And not to contradict everything I've just said, because it is cool for them to see you there. Um, but I think if we, we are going to infiltrate these systems, we need to kind of burn them down at the same time because they were yeah. not built for us, Yeah, clearly. If they were built for us, we wouldn't need DFS. We wouldn't need the first-gen network. None of these things would need to exist if it was built for us. Mm-hmm. It's not. So if we're going to get in there, like, m- pardon my language, but like F representation, like let's get in there and do something. Let's get in there and change yeah. this system. Like it's not working. It hasn't been working. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't just tear it all down because <laughs> I would if I could. Mm-hmm. But then let me get in there and change it for these kids. Let me th- show them what, what can be completely different, even if I can't necessarily change their circumstances. And so I think the best way to advocate for all of us is, you know, realize that we're, we are on the front lines of what feels like a war. Mm. Yeah. We're just fighting to save these kids' lives. Like in middle school, because they're so impulsive, I genuinely felt most days like I was just trying to keep children alive. Wow. I was like, please come to school tomorrow. With what's our safety plan? Talking to parents left and right. Please make sure you hide all the weapons in the house. Like these kids are struggling with ideation, you know, and so... It's just like how we're fighting so hard, like blood, sweat, and tears, and it feels like nobody has our back in the community. Mm-hmm. We went from heroes in the pandemic to like they do nothing and they deserve, they don't deserve more. And so I just feel like it's like realize how hard your teachers are and your counselors and the people that run the office of that school, how hard they are working. Mm-hmm. Come, like, fight for us. Educate yourself on what laws are being passed. And yeah. that's so much easier said than done. But if you really are passionate about helping us and helping raise these other generations, like, please go educate yourself. Like, go read what's happening, what's being passed, and what we're fighting for right now because we need help. (laughs) Yeah. And Kenja mentioned, like, a lot of people don't know what we actually do. You know, on a daily, we don't just work in our offices. We don't just work on scheduling. No, we put out fires. If a student is feeling suicide ideation, we're the first ones to go. We're the ones who go. A teacher can't do it. If the counselor's not available, we go to the next counselor. If the counselor's not available, then we go out to the school psychologist who's there. But we're the front lines. We're the ones who are dealing with that. We're the ones who are hearing the stories from the students. Directly. I don't have light today. I don't have a bed. I don't have a heater. Didn't eat last night. I haven't seen eat. my parents in a week. I don't have and food. And they come to your office and you you are sitting there. You're trying to stay calm because sometimes you just want to break down with them with the yeah. stuff you hear. Yeah. But it's like, no, let me be your calm guide right now. But also, what the f- what am I going to do right now? Because <laughs> yes. you're just sitting there and you're like, they're like, what now? And you're like, okay, I can, I don't know what now, but let's go figure it out together. Like, let's go. Anything you could think of, I'll call your counselor. I'll go talk to your counselor. Mm. And we're just, all, we're humans and we got trained yes. to be therapists. Yeah. And now we're in the school building like, okay, let me figure out how to get you fed and find you somewhere to live. And we're lucky to be in Title I yeah. um, because exactly. we have a lot more resources and another school that's not Title One might not have. Um, We're lucky to be partnering with other programs like communities and schools. Ooh, um, communities what, and schools forever. Yeah, shout, shout out, out to them. them. They are amazing. We work with a Robert Marines. Robert, he's my boy. I love him. <laughs> Anytime I ask him, like, hey, Robert, I have this kid. He needs this. And he's like, let me make a f- couple phone calls. Five minutes later, mm-hmm. hey, we got it. Let's meet him up. Let's grab him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have family resource centers because of this. We have... There's just a lot more resources allocated to Title I schools, as we deserve it, because we, we do have lower resources. But however, this stuff does belong everywhere. Like, everyone deserves to not have to worry about this, you know? And so 
those are like essential basic needs that like oh, yeah. we over skip. We're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I have food, I have a bed, but oh, like yeah. another child like is literally suffering and doesn't have that. And to now think mm-hmm. that you guys are the ones who are directly helping those students yeah. is yeah. just crazy. Yeah. Because those are the conversations that are not being said. Oh yeah. And that nobody like, oh yeah, school counselor, you you made someone schedule today. Oh, yeah. Like, wow, you you flipped their math remember, class to like yeah. English yeah. class. Someone like, was like, oh, you do a lot of paperwork, and I was like, don't cuss them. Out. <laughs> You're like, no. I will. <laughs> no. <laughs> like. Not at all. Well, we we did talk a lot about like the stuff that happens, right? But there's a lot of good that happens too. Oh, I do so want to. That's good. a lot of positive. So much beautiful. Stuff. Those kids. I mean, there's a reason why I make my model do it for the kids because they're the ones who make my job worth it. They're the ones who yep. are always asking me or working with me, and they're always like, like I love the gossip. I love the energy. <laughs> oh, like, you're like, give me the drama. What's the tea today? <laughs> it, it feeds me. I'm, I'm in counseling for a reason, right? So. When we're having that one-on-one conversation with them, it it's a whole different story. Like when a kid actually opens up to you and like spills their guts at you, and then you yes. guys can work together. I have a student who has anxiety, like really bad anxiety, and I've been working with her since she was a freshman. She's a junior now, and we came up with a plan. Like anytime you have anxiety, come down with me. And so she, at first, she was a little hesitant her freshman year, and then slowly she started coming with me. And then it was as simple as let's go for a walk, let's walk around campus. Like, the old hug had an open campus compared to the new hug that doesn't have an open campus. Um, so we would just walk around. And then she would tell me about what she did over the weekend. We wouldn't focus on school. We'd just talk about life in general, you know. I The biggest thing about relationship building is you have to be able to give a little bit, yeah. you know. I know a lot of educators kind of, like, they put a wand or, like, no, my personal life, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but as a counselor, at least for me personally, you have to open up a little bit. I'm not saying you go tell me a whole life story. <laughs> yeah. I did this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> no, you tell them a little bit because you'll be surprised. You could talk about anime, for example. You could say, mm. I love Na- Naruto, for example, or I love Demon Slayer. And that kid, if he loves anime, he'll jump on it and be like, oh, my God, <laughs> did you see this episode? Oh, my God, did you see that? And that's the key to get in. Yeah. You open on that, and then that opens the doors to other topics. Yeah. And then you slowly bring it back to school and be like, so how are we doing classes? <laughs> so how are we going to relate yeah. Naruto and school? What's yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's just so Bridge the gap right there, yeah. I feel like first-gen professionals, first-generation professionals, mm-hmm. will die on that hill. <laughs> we are changing the culture of what professionalism is. Because, again, professionalism, yeah. we got to code switch 24-7. I live on this motto that I kind of refuse to code switch anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, which I always say I'm going to get fired with it because I'm too, like, <laughs> like I'm, too, my I'm a little too real with these kids, but I think they deserve that, and I think yeah, that's I that's more real than anything, right? I kind of don't give a crap about your math class because right now I want to make sure that you are safe mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm kind of throwing the actual job <laughs> out the window, but at the end of the day, you're going to see these beautiful kids flourish. They've had every possible wall put in front of their faces, and you're going to see them smash through that wall. They're not jumping over anything. They're smashing through it and getting rid of that wall for themselves. Exactly. Sure. And when, when they realize the potential they have, it is an amazing moment. I've had so many students who tell me, like, Mr. Rosales, thank you so much. You helped me. And, and I tell them, like, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I was just here listening, and I just I might have pulled you here a little bit. I might have pushed you, scolded you a little bit. <laughs> But at the end of the day, you're the one who you did, did the work. That, yeah. mm-hmm. You're the one who got all your credits back today. You're the one who started coming to school. You're the one that is. You just need a little extra push and a little support. That's all you needed. But at the end of the day, you did it. It wasn't me. It was you. And the kids need to hear that. Yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of kids don't understand how much potential they have. They don't understand because they're just used to getting yelled at. They're just getting been, used yeah. to getting in trouble. Nobody There's, fighting their corner. Exactly. There's always yeah. that stigma on that situation. And that's where we kind of come in and we're like, no, like, we got to be in that corner. Let's support him. What can we do? You know, there's a, there's this one student who constantly is always in the counseling office. <laughs> and we laugh about him. Um, and I'm always saying, like, dude, you got to go to class. Aww, but he likes to, yeah, <laughs> he, he loves to gossip. And he, he thinks, like, you're always, he thinks I'm always mad at him. And I'm like, I'm uh-huh. not mad at you. But there's a time and place. Yeah. Like, you you got to push him. You know, come on, man. You got to yeah. do the class. We, if we stay here, we're going to talk all day. Yeah. And we could talk. Like, I, I could talk for days. I could listen for days. But <laughs> If you haven't noticed. Yeah. If you haven't <laughs> noticed. If you haven't <laughs> noticed. This episode. How long is this episode? <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> exactly. Five but hours later. <laughs> right? It's that relationship building. He's going to come back. He's a freshman now. So when he becomes a senior, it's, we're all going to laugh about it. I even tell my seniors now. I'm like, you remember when you were a freshman? Remember when we didn't want to go to class? And I'm like, I know. I know. And then we just laugh about it. I just 
man, my heart for first gen kids, I just want to hug you all. Everyone that's <laughs> listening, like, and kind of how Mr. Rosa, Sam said, oh, sorry, <laughs> he's calling that at work. I'm off the clock. Um, yeah. <laughs> how he was talking about, like, that, that Facebook post of where I was like, damn, like, I'm sitting here in the middle of undergrad. I'm so poor. My friends are working and they've got money. Maybe they're not rich, but they got money. They're mm-hmm. going to go eat. I'm going to go home and they're eat some maruchan. Like, <laughs> like, it's so hard, you guys, but, like, I promise it's worth it. And, you know, I, I am the first to be, like, we're super underappreciated and I don't get paid as much as I deserve, but I promise it was worth it and I wouldn't take back a single thing. Like, it's so beautiful that how much you can you can do it. You can effing do it like i just <laughs> want to shake you you, you know it's gonna be okay and it's gonna be worth it and you're gonna change generations to come it is nice. and if you need to cry cry it out it's okay cry it yes. out a good cry is good for the soul it is mm-hmm. i tell the students i tell zara all the time like girl cry it's okay just cry <laughs> let it out, out. your emotions are yeah. if you hold it in you're just yeah. you're gonna explode you gotta talk to somebody have your friend even if it's just going out for Sushi once a month. <laughs> Zara. Yes. Wink, wink, Sam. <laughs> they just catch it up. Wink, wink. Like, you're never alone. If you ever yeah. feel alone, reach out to people. Reach out to us. Friends. This mm-hmm. first gen network. I don't care. Look up Kendra Reyes somewhere and talk to me. Like, yes. you guys are not alone. You got you got a huge community that has your back. And mm-hmm. just keep fighting. Because it's a fight. It is. <laughs> and it's... you're going to need to do some healing afterwards. I'm not even going to lie. Like, it takes some recovery. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it. And you're going to be okay. And one day your life is going to be stable. Mm-hmm. And remember, you can't run and take care of your family immediately. you yes. got to get yourself stable once you become mm-hmm. a first-gen professional. Take care of yourself. I know it feels wrong. Believe me, it feels absolutely not okay. Mm-hmm. But you have to take care of yourself before you turn around and help your family. Love and this. I know that's why most of us are doing what we do, because we want to help our families. But you deserve just as much. Go to therapy. I've processed a yeah. lot in there. And first-gen kids, we have a lot to process and a lot of trauma to heal from. But I promise it's worth it, and they're so capable. It is. You have to be selfish sometimes. And that's the hard part about your first generation, especially being Latino, yes. Latino, Latina. Because mm-hmm. you grow up in a stigma where you have to take care of your young siblings. Mm-hmm. You have, have to, to take care of your parents. Your parents don't know how to apply. They get ye- yell at you because you don't know their password yeah. to like yeah. Facebook. Like, to you created that, don't you remember? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But and it's okay to be selfish. Once you get your bachelor's, they assume that there's a check. Oh, that all of a sudden oh, you, you, have, have, you, know, you know you everything. Have a degree, it's time to start taking care of us. Like, yeah. no, mom, I don't have I'm any money. I'm still poor. Look at my love. Since like, you have your degree, give me a second. And you know everything. And that's, no, for real. And there's that guilt. Yeah. Yes. As Latinos, especially, I can't 100%. speak for other cultures or our entire culture, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of guilt and a lot of shame of, wow, I'm not yeah. taking care of my family and I have this stupid degree. Mm-hmm. Keep fighting. Like, you got that degree. Nobody can take your education away. Mm-hmm. And one day you will get there. But right now, go get some therapy and build yourself up before we can turn around and help the family because yeah. it doesn't happen overnight. Shit's going to hit the fan before it gets better. Mm-hmm. It really is. But... Keep working. Keep pushing forward. Get support. There's people out there. There's friends. Mm-hmm. Just reach out. You're not alone. 100%. One of my favorite quotes is like, being first gen means that I may be the first, but I'm not the last. Mm-hmm. So you're really like, you're creating that for future generations. And just because maybe you struggled in the beginning or you went through it for the first time, you're now making it easier for the next person mm-hmm. or creating a safer environment, a better environment for the yeah. next person. It's a literal ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Mariluz Garcia yeah. is always posting, what is it, the like, uh, mobility, forward forward mm-hmm. mobility. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. We might think of it as like, okay, maybe now my little sister can follow me. Yes. But it's so much bigger than that. It is mm-hmm. so much bigger than that. Especially as counselors. Literally yes. causing an entire ripple effect, a tidal wave, if you will, in the community, all because we kept fighting. Mm-hmm. We just got to keep fighting. Yeah. Reminds me, there's also now that I bring up Muddy Lewis, I remember this thing that she always says too, like um that she says like that I didn't I didn't get the manual, right? I I didn't get that one first that manual that told me all the tips and tricks of how yeah. to be a student, right? But mm-hmm. being part of these programs and having these peers, you're almost getting you're an insight. Yeah. yeah, you're in the manual yeah. now. You're, you're manual, seeing yeah. it, right? Or you're getting at least a little taste yeah. of it. You you have like yes. a little idea of it because you're you're putting yourself out there, you're joining these programs, you're mm-hmm. making these friends, you're kind of like talking to people 
professionals in the community. That was a big thing, mm-hmm. like having those internships and those opportunities to really get to know what's out there and what mm-hmm. is what are the what are these possibilities for you? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Like Mary Lou's, she's a big like pushes into a spotlight and lets us. She yeah, yeah. Like, she's spotlight. like, you're gonna learn firsthand by. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there's been so many times where she's messaged me and be like, hey, come to this thing. Hey, can you yeah. come do this? You gotta go tell your story. Come tell <laughs> your story. And I'm like, okay, let's go. And then that's how we, we meet like professionals. We we are building those connections. We are relationship building, networking mm-hmm. at its finest. Yes. And it's because we're getting pushed. Like us, we still kind of yeah. get uncomfortable doing it. Yeah. Because it's not something we're used to, you know? Mm-hmm. We're first generation. We're not used to people like pushing us and doing like, hey, go talk to this person who's a senator. Go talk to this yeah. person who's a legislator. Yeah. Go talk to the county commissioner. Shout out Mary Lou's county commissioner. <laughs> yeah. I know. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Get uncomfortable. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good message. If you're comfortable, it's time to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's time to keep pushing forward. Like the more uncomfortable you are, the more you're going to keep growing. And Always. realizing that, like, every story matters. Because I think that's also a part where it's like, okay, tell me about yourself. I'm like, what do I even do? I don't think I'm anybody. I'm yeah, just, you know, like, right? They're like, okay, yeah. what what did you actually do? The things that you've done up until this moment is, like, it's amazing. It's, yeah. like, there's yeah. so much where, like, oh, you don't yeah. even realize. That's why I love being a counselor. Right? I, I <laughs> can drink up people's lives. Like, more. Like, yeah. <laughs> We're all so The possibilities yeah. are so wide. Yeah. So, so wide. Anything you guys want to shout out? Any events? Any places? Your socials? <laughs> no. Follow me on Twitter. Just get <laughs> my handle is. Don't. I'll get fired. <laughs> no, oh I got goodness. nothing. Thank you for inviting us. No, seriously, yeah. thank you yeah. for I having could, us. I could talk for days. Anytime, invite me back. What do <laughs> yeah, yeah. you want to talk about? You want to talk about what's good? Sushi and Rina? All right. If you could feature him, next yeah, yeah, that's what he would like. Special guest. <laughs> He's like, I want my own special guest. Okay, yeah. Two points. Two Just a whole series, please. <laughs> so, no. Universal is part two. Yeah. <laughs> no, but thank you for inviting us, guys. Yeah, yeah it was really fun. This was cool. Yeah. You guys are doing amazing. Like the first gen network that you guys are doing, you guys the podcast, are so cool. an amazing idea. Arium, shout out to Arium. Oh, for doing yeah, this. Arium behind the yes, scenes. Girl, I can put, hear your voice forever on the radio, girl. Yes. You know, put respect on your name, girl. Oh, Yes. Amazing. Yay. So that is a wrap on episode five. Thank you so much for listening to Dear First Gen with Aria Monge. Zara Diaz. Kendra Reyes. Sammy Rosales. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much, and we'll see you later. Bye. 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 Thank you to our two amazing guests, Samuel Rosales and Kendra Grace Reyes. This episode touches upon so many important topics that need to be heard such as low income, low educational pay, being a first-gen professional, the effects of COVID on students, and mental health. Their determination and perseverance to keep pushing forward showcases their love for education and their students. We are so thankful to have them as guests on our podcast. If you are interested in being featured on our podcast, contact us at nfgn at unr.edu. We would love to highlight your first-gen story. We encourage you to follow us on our social media accounts. We are Nevada First Gen Network on Facebook and Nevada First Gen on Instagram. Thank you for listening to our stories, and we'll see you for the next episode. Bye.